Welcome to Messy Life Podcast. You know, life is messy, but it's in our mess that we find our message. And just because your life is messy, it doesn't mean you're messed up. We want to open up our lives. We want to open up our mess. We want to open up what we've learned through really painful, dark journeys. And our hope on the other end of this podcast, on the other end of Messy Life, is that you would find courage and strength and laughter and joy in the midst of your journey, that you would know that you are not in this alone and that you are stronger than you ever thought you were. So let's get messy. <laughs> like that. Well, welcome to Messy Life Podcast. This is episode 11. 11 episodes in. We have blown away that seven <laughs> podcast episode curse by far. Yeah. Now in double digits. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Enneagram. Yep. Also, just really quickly, I want to say thank you guys so much for always tuning in and for sharing. You guys have been amazing. Um, We have had almost 9,000 downloads thus far. So thank you guys. You've shared, you've commented, you've reviewed. Um, And so keep doing it. Keep sharing with your friends. We're having tons of fun. We love hearing your feedback on social media and um, just thank you guys. So while we always love your reviews, like you said, if there's somebody who would benefit from one of these episodes, just click that little uh, share button. It's a little (laughs) box with the arrow pointing out (laughs) and send it to somebody, text it to somebody and say, Hey, I've got a lot out of this thought was thinking about you. That would be huge and would help a lot more people. Absolutely. And like Joel mentioned, so we're diving into the Enneagram today. Our last episode We talked about the Myers-Briggs personality types. This month, we're talking about the Enneagram. And before we dive into like the juicy goods of the Enneagram... this is going to be a juicy (laughs) episode. um, We just wanted to really quickly share why Joel and I love so much personality types. Um, We've really dive, dove into them the last couple of years, and it helps you so much understand more about yourself. The way you're wired the way God wired you, you know, when you understand your unique individual personality type, you get better. Um, you know, for example, and we'll dive into this a little bit in the episode, but you understand your strengths and weaknesses of your personality type. It helps me be more self-aware so that when I am in my weak zone, I know I'm depleted. I know I need to pull back. And again, we'll talk about this more in a later episode, or not a later episode, later in the episode. But it helps you understand your strengths, your weaknesses, when you're gravitating toward your weakness, how to pull back and fill back up. But then I think it also helps you to be better in your relationships, in your parenting relationships. We'll talk about that more. In your um, your dating relationship or your marriage or your significant other and your work relationships. Like when you understand that personality type, um, you know that that's just the way they're wired. So we're going to dive in um, a little bit more about the Enneagram. We're going to do a quick overview of the nine different types and then we'll dive in a little bit more into each type and then knowing kind of how to understand better this weird unique, trendy thing right now called the Enneagram. And actually the Enneagram is thousands of years old. It's uh, been used by ancient monks and 
uh, you know, these old, it's been a part of Christian circles for those of you who are followers of Jesus. Um, this is not something new. It's no. just something that, um, is trending. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's become a powerful more popular. Tool. Definitely. Know. Yeah. So, um, another thing is just as before we go through the nine types is that, um, you know, loving someone else isn't trying to change them into the image of yourself. And so as you yeah, learn personality so types, you actually learn to um, love another unique created gift instead of trying to transform everyone into who you Such are. Such a great point. You then begin to see and value, wow, that's where a type one or a type five with the Enneagram, you know, really comes into strength that I am not naturally wired for, but together we can be much stronger. Yeah. And I think when you know the weaknesses of that personality type, you can give grace because we all need grace. And we know that it's just the way they're wired versus... You know, the other thing we quickly want to mention, I feel like we keep saying that and then we're like, we're going to dive in, but we are by no means like certified Enneagram coaches or this is just our messy journey through learning our own personality types. Um, We stumbled a lot and beat our head against the wall and tried to make many people into the image of our own Enneagram. (laughs) And had we known, like I just say that because I'm like, man, had we known this a couple years ago, we could have navigated that bump in the road so much differently. So really there are a lot of incredible coaches out there, incredible people all over Instagram um, that do the Enneagram so well, lean into them. A Road Back to You is one of our favorite books that helped us navigate through the Enneagram. So ours is coming from a perspective of we stubbed our toe and busted our head up time and time again, um, and then stumbled upon ways that help us navigate through that better. So our point of view and perspective is just a self-reflection, self-grow like, man, I wish we would have known that a couple years ago because we could have done it differently. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, and also just full disclosure, we are not Enneagram coaches or certified coaches or anything like that. But what we what we do well, I think, is that we share, first of all, all of our mistakes pretty yeah. uh, transparently. <laughs> we let you learn from our mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> y- the best way to learn is from mistakes, but the mistakes don't always have to be your own. Yeah, you can learn from our yeah. mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, check those things out. Ian Morgan Crone is the author of The Road Back to You. And he also I has think a, he's like the Enneagram guru in some ways. He's so good. Uh, he's actually the highest proliferator right now of the Enneagram than any other person um, on the planet. Um, cool. So right now he, he's got a great uh, podcast called Typology. If you want to go check out his stuff, props to all of the podcasters yeah. out there doing this. So let's dive into let's the nine personality types or the nine numbers that the Enneagram gives. And we'll give a brief synopsis. I'll start with, with type one is the perfectionist. Dun, dun, dun. This is already resonating with some of you. <laughs> uh, let me give you a, a brief description. They're ethical. They're dedicated and reliable. They are motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world, and avoid fault and blame. 
So that's number one, perfectionist. All right. So type two is the helper. This is me. This would be you. I am a high two. And they are warm, caring, and giving. Why, why thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Their downfall is pride. Um, (laughs) I love it. They are motivated by a need to be loved and needed and to avoid acknowledging their own needs. Very Sound true. like anyone out there? Sounds like me, yo, sitting across the table from you. Well, type three, yo, over here, this uh, is Joel, is the performer. Yeah. Now, other other folks also call it the achiever, uh, but I think both are kind of good because sometimes threes perform. True. Uh, su- they're success oriented, image conscious, and wired for productivity. They are motivated by a need to be or appear to be successful and to avoid failure. And if you notice the things I'm drawn to, uh, if you've been following me on social or on these podcasts, I'm writing a book and I wrote a book in 90 days, a manuscript, and I'm walking down this did. road. And they're success-oriented things. I'm a I'm law school graduate, uh, sometimes overachiever. But as we'll learn, we're not going to go dive too deep into this right now. But as we'll learn, a three um, also um, sometimes they get lost in their own performance. Yeah, yeah. And so some of the um, some of the things they they want to be successful and avoid being a failure. Yeah. Type four is the romantic. Um, They're creative, they're sensitive and moody, they are motivated by a need to be understood, experience their oversized feelings, and avoid being ordinary. I love type fours. They're fun. They are. Well, they're creative and artistic, and I love that. Okay, sorry. Type five. Um, Type five, the investigator. Analytical, detached, and private. They are motivated by a need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and avoid relying on others. Type six, they are the loyalist. They're committed, they're practical and witty, and they are worst case scenario thinkers who are motivated by fear and the need for security. Type seven, one of my favorite, the enthusiast. (laughs) They're fun. They're a ball of fun. Yes. They're spontaneous, fun, adventurous. They're motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. Yeah, super good. And the type eight, the challenger. You've got to love the type eights. Um, I used to be terrified of eights, like literally shaking in my boots type. Like I was terrified of them, but now I've learned to really love them. My son, I think, is a type eight, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. <laughs> They're the challenger. They're commanding, intense, and confrontational. They're uh, motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. And type nine, the last type of the nine types of on the Enneagram, is the peacemaker. Pleasant laid back and accommodating. They are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict. Now, I want to encourage you that you can go on to joeljohnson.org slash podcast, and you can actually find the link to take a free Enneagram test. So, And you'll also see they have a little uh, diagram 
Uh, it's a circle with kind of um, the nine types and how they correspond with each other. That will also be at joeljohnson.org slash podcast, and you can click on a link and it'll open up what that Enneagram star kind of looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also just want to remind you that a ton of like our information has come from a road back to you. So it's just a fantastic resource for understanding the Enneagram. And um, yeah. We recommend if you're already listening to this audio, go to uh, get an audiobook version of it and listen to it. It will help you tremendously. Yeah. So now also understanding a wing um, you're, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm a two wing three or I'm a three wing four, or a three wing two. I can get really confusing. Yeah, like nine wing one. Right. Yeah. What do all these numbers mean? Oftentimes the wing just means it's, it's a, the attributes of a, for example, I'm a two wing three. Yeah. So while I'm a two, I also gravitate toward three characteristics. So I'll have some, not all, but I'll have some of the characteristics of a three in my personality type. Yep. So that's the wing, which just talking, using that word makes me hungry because uh, that's Stop. one of my favorite things There's, to eat. Definitely. Yeah. And the wing on each side. <laughs> You're so funny. Okay. So the numbers, they're on either side of your number. So you may, you may lean more towards a one, um, one of these two wings and pick up some of the characteristic energy and traits. So like I said, I'm a two wing three, I'll pick up more of the character traits of a three than a one. And then we also have our kind of our stress or security numbers. Um, yeah, this when, I think I love most about the Enneagram, which can be confusing, but I love it. Well, you, you move to uh, when you're in a place of unhealth. Um, or stress. Or, or stress. stress. You move into this stress or security number and uh, that's why the diagram will be very, very helpful. Um, the Enneagram kind of star uh, diagram will help show you where you where you move to in a stress-filled number. I'm a three, so in my stress-filled state, I actually move to a nine. Yeah, a peacemaker, yeah. So this will help you understand when you're in a stress or unhealthy place, sometimes you you gravitate towards this um, unhealthy kind of state or the attributes of another characteristic, which has been so profound for me to understand why I act that way. So I'm a performer, just to give you a little insight, I'm a performer and so success oriented, but when I'm at my like wits end and I'm stressed and I have a deadline to come, I slide into a nine, which is a peacemaker, which is laid back. So I'm in this place of a conundrum where I'm inside, I want to be success oriented, (laughs) but now I'm like slipped into Netflix and, you know, a charcuterie board and a glass of wine and I'm feeling stressed in that stress because I should be doing success oriented things, but I'm just not doing any of them. And so I find my plate in a place of self-conflict. And so it has helped me to say, oh, I'm sliding into nine right now. And so I'm understanding how I respond instead of getting in a cycle of internal conflict. Yeah. I, can, I can separate that and see what's going on. So good. And I think what is so good about the Enneagram, regardless of what type you are, like I really encourage you to dive in because you understand, like it also dissects a two, like I'm going to use two as an example because I am a two. How a two functions when they're in health versus when they're middle ground versus when they're in weakness. Mm. 
And I love that so much because sometimes you don't understand the cycle of bad behavior that you're in until you realize, oh my gosh, that's the weakness of my personality. So for example, a two can run themselves ragged, serving the needs of all these other people and pushing their own needs aside. You come home at the end of the day, you're depleted, you're worn down, and you're mad at everybody because they've not shown you love and appreciation for all that you just did for them. Why do you do that? You do that because you're trying so hard and desperately to find love and seek love and belonging from people. And so it's huge to know that. Like I will oftentimes when I find myself pushing really hard to serve the needs of others, I'll stop and I'll say like, Casey, are you trying to like get earn love from people by doing this? Like it's super important for a two to set boundaries and know that, man, my love comes from God. My love comes from myself. My love comes from my family. And I'm doing this out of an overflow of who I am. I'm not doing this with an ulterior motive to get something back from somebody. And I think that's super important in a two to check yourself. And whatever personality type you are, you've got to know what you gravitate towards in weakness and check your motivation. So for a three, are you doing this because you want to be seen as successful? Are you doing this because this is truly like what the Lord is asking you to do or what is on the inside of you to do? Like you can check and balance those things. And then it's also helpful, for example, for a two, it's important for you to understand your own needs. And that's really hard. Like I've had to learn that over the years of like running myself into the ground and then I'm mad at everybody and I'm blaming everybody that I'm depleted. It's nobody's fault but my own. I'm the one who didn't set boundaries. You know what I mean? I'm the one who didn't say no. And so what I've had to learn over the years is as a two, how to pull back and refuel myself. So I've learned yoga is is really... Now, here's the cool thing to understand about a two as well. So for a two, like sometimes family time refuels me, but oftentimes what I find in family time is I'm the one serving everybody else. It's like... Sorry, babe. <laughs> it's like the Mary Martha analogy. You know what I mean? It's such a great analogy of Jesus comes and what does she do? She's like hustling to get her house in order, make him like this beautiful meal, washes. She's serving Jesus as opposed to spending time in his presence. That's it. That's the nature of it too. So we'll spend family time together and I'm the one cooking the meals. Let's do cookies. Like let, let me cook you dinner. Like I'm serving my family. It's just the way that I'm wired, giving, giving, giving to them. And then I'm depleted. It's super important for me as a two to do things for myself. That's powerful where I'm not, I'm not serving anybody else. I'm not doing anything for anybody else. So I love yoga. And the reason I love yoga is because I go in a hot, sweaty box. The door is shut. You're not allowed to have your phone in there. Nobody can get to me except for the instructor who like forces me to push myself in my poses or like pushes my shoulders down to relax me. Like music is sometimes playing, sometimes it's not. But I think that's why... It's literally been the only consistent exercise I've done for a year because it forces me to like push everybody else out. I literally am in a hot, sweaty box on a yoga mat and nobody can get to me. And I walk out of there and I feel like I've lost 50 pounds of everybody else's baggage that I've Mm. taken on. It's what refuels me. So it's really important that you find what refuels you as a two and then I'll say this really quick. Um, it, is, it has been said that the best weight you'll ever lose is the weight of other people's opinions. Come on. 
That's a good one. Say that again. Uh, it has been said that <laughs> the He's best a- weight you'll ever lose is the weight of other people's opinions. Yeah, I feel Boom. like I lo- Yeah, that's really good. I feel like I lose that in yoga. I really do. I lose that in yoga. Um, but anyway, okay. But as a two, it's important to focus, to take the time to schedule in cyclically, in a cycle, in a routine. Okay, this 100%. is my time. This is what I'm going to do. The people in your life will thank you. You will thank yourself. You're but better. Also, your if you're married, your spouse, your your totally. If you're have parents, which most of us do, that are living and in your life, they'll they'll appreciate it. But that's something that you have to do. I, I am also a student of a two because I'm married to a two, so <laughs> I I am able to um, understand uh, and to help um, guide in the two ness. But I, I want to say this to every two that's out there. One of the one of the fears that many twos have in an, in an unhealthy state, a two who's a helper fears that they won't be loved in the future. Yeah. And so they serve in the present to kind of store up or to bank <laughs> up that yeah. they'll be loved in the future. So if you're a two and you're out there and you're doing, 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 serving, 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 and you don't see that reciprocated back or people are leaving you um, and you always are thinking, I do all this stuff for other people, but my relationships don't work out. Here's, here's some of the mystery in all of that. You have got to, and this is um, where Jesus is so brilliant, you have got to serve others not to get something back. Yeah. If you serve others with the intention of getting something back, other people can sense that. Other people, there's and an it's unhealthy. Scary there. to other people. It's scary and it to other people. Actually, the very thing that you're trying to accomplish by making sure that love doesn't leave, you're actually pushing people yeah. away because. Um, if they feel that expectation that you are desiring that back from them, then it's kind of a scary situation where you feel like, well, I don't want to owe that person anything or there's just this mixed thing. So the more that you, that's part of your gifting is to be in that and you give out of that without any intention to receive it back, the more people will be just simply be able to appreciate what you do and it will actually bring people towards you and people will celebrate you and love you, which is what a two really desires. Yeah. And what that does is it allows you to live in your strength. And this is true of every personality type that when you're not operating out of the weakness of your personality type, it allows the strength of your personality type to be showcased. And so, you know, we're just using two as an example, but they're extremely caring. They're fantastic with people but they can also have like a, a crave and a need of appreciation, validation. Do you mm-hmm. love me? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not easy. I mean, it's a weakness of any personality type. And so you constantly have to get your validation from the Lord and get your validation from yourself. Like I'll push hard and I'll work hard and I'll serve hard. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> I have to know that I served into the Lord, not into man. And I served his people well. And so he is proud of me. And and that I think is really huge. Like I'll push myself really hard. I'll serve really hard. 
But at the end of the day, my work is into the Lord. And so when you do that with that frame of mind, your validation comes from him. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's all the praise I need. I don't need the praise of man because when I need the praise of man, I'm giving a significant amount of my power away and I'm making myself vulnerable to that person. But not only that, I'm putting a very unhealthy expectation on that person to fulfill something in me that was designed to be fulfilled by the Lord. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of um, Jesus when he got baptized. He hadn't done, his ministry hadn't even started, but he got baptized. And when he got baptized by his cousin, John, he came out of the water and God spoke in this miracle this is my son, you know, pride yeah. of my life, joy of my life. And he hadn't done one thing yet. Yeah, I love that. So just knowing that you're validated before you ever do one thing by your heavenly father, yeah, by your heavenly parent, just adjust us to be able to say, I'm good. Yeah. Not yeah. not uh, that another my my spouse doesn't need to validate me even though that's a blessing. Sure, my kids my don't boss need to, doesn't have to. Yeah. My kids, the my people friends. I you know in my faith community don't have to validate me. I am validated because before I do one thing, yeah, God is already so pleased with totally. me. Totally, and then you serve out of a place, and this is every personality type. You give your strength out of a place of strength. So you're giving the strength of your personality type. Strength of a two-man, they're givers, they're servers, they go, they do. Strength of a three, they achieve. Strength of a one, they're perfectionists. They're going to do things well. You want them flying your plane. You want them managing your bank account. Like, that's their strength. You know what I mean? Sevens are a ball of fun. Sixes, man, they're going to find every problem that you can possibly encounter and we'll fix it before it happens. Like that's the strength of their personality type. And so you're operating out of the strength of your personality type with no strings attached to it because it comes from a place of health from the Lord. Um, really quickly too, I want to lean into where you go in your stress and where you go in your, um, in your health. So I love this because, um, For me, this is hilarious to me, but a two goes to an eight. Wow. Which cracks me up that a two goes to an eight because they're so kind and giving and generous. And then boom, like, holy crap. Like they just become driven and they become challengers. But why I love that so much is because I know when I start becoming very driven, very black and white, very go, 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 I become a challenger. I know I need to pull back and go to yoga class. I know. I mean, literally, Joel, I will do this. I'm like, I'm not going to respond to another text message or email or take another phone call until after yoga because I'm in stress and I'm going to hurt someone. I'm going (laughs) to like not physically hurt someone, but I'm going to be mean and I'm going to like hurt somebody. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to hurt yeah, their it's feelings. the negative attributes of an eight that you're... That the net, which are, is frightening. It's like, not the healthy attributes No, of it's not the healthy. It's the mean side of an eight that I go to when I'm in stress, which is terrifying. And so I know I need to pause. I need to do something for myself and get myself back in the healthy zone. But here's the cool part. When I'm not in stress, I will take on the attributes of a four. And it's hilarious to me because... Um, I I was in business school. I was going to get my business management degree. 
I had a super stressful job. Ministry is just taxing on people. Um, and we'll talk about this next, but I, my personality type is in the heart category. I live from the heart, but I also take on the emotions of people. It can be very weighty on me. Like when I hear heavy stories, when I watch a heavy movie, it can wreck me for days. Like choose and really people in the heart category. And again, we'll talk about this in a minute. They wear their heart on, on their sleeve for better or for worse. And so, um, because of that, like I felt always stressed out. I felt always burdened. So I dropped out of business school and I went to art school, which is so funny to me. Now understanding the Enneagram, like fours are, are really artists and live in a creative element and attribute. And so I will go to the artist side of me. Like I want to decorate a Christmas tree or redecorate our house or decorate somebody else's house. Like I go to an artistic creative side when I'm in health. I'm way more creative when I'm healthy. And it's funny because like I'm more creative after a yoga class, you know, after I've pulled away and I've, or spent time with Jesus, I'm more creative. And so if I need to produce something creative, pull back, recharge, and then I operate in a creative zone, which is fascinating to me that I never understood that until I understood the Enneagram and where you go to when you're you're not in stress. Yeah. Go to the Enneagram, study the different types. You know, for example, if you're a one and you go, you're in unhealth, you'll take on the negative characteristics of a four. You know, oh my gosh, I'm operating like the negative characteristics of a four. I'm in unhealth right now. And then you need to do what will bring you back to a level of lack of stress. Yeah. And this is one thing I quickly want to say too before we transition to the next kind of topic of the Enneagram. Don't use your Enneagram as an excuse. Oh, this is a good point. I heard this, um, I heard this, maybe it was a road back to you that says it. Maybe it was a podcast or something. I thought it was super powerful. This happens a lot and I do it a lot too, but you'll say, oh, I'm just a two or, oh, I'm just a nine or, oh, I'm just an eight. That's your eight coming out or that's my eight coming out. The negative qualities of your personality type don't excuse bad behavior. And so just own your mistake and and do better. Don't use your... Because a lot of times I think we excuse bad behavior because it's our personality type. And I think that that's not fair to do that. I, I Don't do that. You know, I heard it one time somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought it was really powerful and really good of like, it happens to me more than you know. Like somebody was super rude to me. A, a while ago. And when they came to apologize to me, they just used their personality type as an excuse. I'm just being an eight. No, you're not just being an eight. You're being a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, Truly, I yeah. know I'm being really, is my eight coming out? <laughs> no, no. And also don't use it like a billy club. Like, don't be like, oh, well, they're just, uh, they're just a three. And threes uh, tend to lean towards narcissism, you know? So, <laughs> so the negative attributes of a, of a three can, can lend, lend towards the self-centered, self-serving, you know, they are the centrifuge, the center of their universe, right? you know? Um, right. and, and you can use it. Oh, like they're a total six, you know, if, yeah. if you have a kind of a negative, uh, worst case scenario kind of type thinking, yeah. if that's your personality, where which you need that if you're going to have an escape plan for evacuations or whatever. I mean, you need <laughs> or people an event where you need or to a fire marshal or whatever. Totally, or you need to think through all the negative possibilities that could happen, so you're planned for them. But use your personality type to be more self aware and to be better and to do better. 
Don't use your personality type as an excuse for your bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Or to label or box somebody else. Totally. Exactly. So we're going to leave it right there. And next episode, we'll be back to talk a little bit more about the Enneagram and also about something called the triads. This is going to be super helpful for you. And we can't wait to listen to this next portion.